Hello all of you beautiful people out there and welcome to Not High School Musical. I am your host RJ and today we are being joined by a very good friend. We've kind of drifted a bit in the past but uh, he hit me up, he said he enjoyed the podcast and I was like alright let's have an interview and see what he's talking about. Mr. Ali, how's it going? Hello, all good, all good. Yeah. How are you feeling about online school ending now because we're writing exams next um, week? I've, I, in the beginning I loved it. And I, I came accustomed to the um, the idea of not interacting with other people <laughs> in real life. But uh, yeah. I mean, otherwise, the fact that I could uh, see my my friends again and actually have a real life interaction is quite exciting. No, I think we're all feeling a bit like that. But I, I'm really gonna miss being able to like, I for instance, I literally ate my breakfast cereal during one of my classes. Exactly such a lucid schedule yeah exactly you've got such so much free time to actually do what you want and another thing i'm not going to miss or well which i'm going to miss actually is not spending like two hours a day on a bus going to school and coming back because you waste so much time you know i realize that like usually like uh, the amount of time that we waste like commuting and Mm. then just sitting in breaks we're sitting there trying to entertain ourselves and it's such a waste of time i wonder like, like what percentage of your life do you actually spend in transit like if you actually no, they, do they the actually show, like there's actually like a statistic like they say like a third of your lifetime is spent sleeping yeah yeah, yeah obviously and then like and then like another eighth is spent commuting yeah whatever. i mean it's it's crazy like how much time you actually waste just getting to a destination that's why i want to flipping invent teleportation one day i know it's not gonna happen but in my ideal world, I could invent teleportation just instantly. Here I am. Oh, that would be lit. Now, that would be very lit. Now, there's, there's a very interesting story that you've told me before. But I just want to hear it again for the absolute ridiculousness of it. So, a little bit of context. You guys have a house in Plittenberg by. Delfrikans is coming through, Mensa. And uh, mm-hmm. you during the summer vacation, that place gets pretty lit up right and was it during grade nine when this happened yeah grade nine december mm, 2017 take it away so okay so basically um i I mean you they usually know that like stereotypically like the people always it's either in grade nine or in matric mm. that you like go wild like yeah, with yeah, alcohol yeah. and stuff yeah yeah and my experiments my experimental time was in grade nine so basically in grade nine, we, um, me and one of your previous guests, I'll keep it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Una- anonymous. I've only but, got uh, like two other we, previous guests and myself, yeah, so I think people can yeah. figure it out. Yeah, it's not really hard to figure out. Um, and it was in Plet. I mean, in his story was also about Plet, so Plet is where it's happening, guys. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, we were in Plet and um, we basically and we were in grade nine so we're not really like it's not as easy like to convince your parents to like go to a festival or whatever mm. but i mean this particular festival was where my sister was and at this point in my life i was actually very antisocial. in grade nine i wasn't a very social person i but, still uh, remember was, alibaba adventures that should be yeah, i was i was antisocial, but it was yeah bro but i was antisocial, but it was also like because i was awkward yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So it's kind of a way of justifying to myself. But I mean, I've, I've always found you to be pretty outgoing, actually. I've never that, but found that's you the thing. to be... But that, that's the thing. I was awkward, 
so then I would justify to myself that now nah, I'm an introvert. Like, you understand oh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. It's kind of like the fat girl that keeps telling herself, like, fat girls are more beautiful. I mean, that's so offensive, but I mean, like, <laughs> if you're like saying like fat girls are like, no, but I agree, are more attractive. And, like, the the brutal truth is that they aren't. But I mean, you keep on telling yourself. Yeah, you keep on telling yourself that just to make yourself feel a little exactly. bit better. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, of course. And so basically, I was this awkward, and I wasn't really like. I didn't have a lot of friends and I wasn't very very social mm-hmm. and that that was I kind of justified it through telling myself that I was an introvert and yeah, yeah. this December um, the other guy N was there yeah. and like the one day and I was very antisocial and my parents like my sister booked this festival and it was an over over 21 festival oh wow so it's not even over 18, 18 isn't it? no over it's 21. 21 festival so I mean you know that's going to be fucking wild. Yeah, it's going to be a little and bit And anyways, crazy. we... And my sister booked it with her cu- with my cousins that are all older than me. Mm. And they're like all, at least at that point, they were all 17 and older. So they okay. were all like kind of into those kind of things. Yeah. And my sister was... She was 18. It was a matric year. So, I mean... And then my mom was like, yeah, you should go with. Because I was going to be the only cousin, me... And like my cousin that was 13 at the time, it was only going to be me and him. So my mom was like, yeah, you should go. You should like, go. Ask, ask N if he wants to go. And like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And we went and um, we got the tickets and we went. And basically, I mean, we were, I wasn't even that exper- uh, like I wanted to experiment, but I didn't really go out with the goal to get smashed. I, like, yeah, I, went yeah. and like, I was like, and when we were there, my sister was like, yeah, you want me to buy you an in a beer? And we were like very awkward. We were sitting there. How no? We don't know how we got in. Like, <laughs> how we got in was a miracle. I mean, but we we got in, mm-hmm. and we were there, and we were sitting there awkwardly. We were like chatting. Yeah, you don't with, really know what to do with yourself. No, and like, like we were it. fifteen, and we were at, we were like all these like twenty-three year olds. Yeah, I know. Like literally postgrad students, <laughs> like Oaks and like corner smoking weed and we're like it was wild and we were like yo yeah, I mean the okay. most you've ever done is like a swig of vodka from the bottle at like a Halloween party before that I was never been drunk never never, never like never not like a bit drunk not at all <laughs> like I, I mean I've like had a beer or whatever but I wasn't I was before that I've yeah, never you, been yeah you haven't had exp- any experience with like no, not at all. what's going to happen to you not at all and um then anyways we were there and um, basically my sister told us oh you want me to go get you two beers and I'm like oh okay yeah and it got me in, in a beer and we were like yeah. yeah it's chilled and we were and we went dancing and I remember the music was very shit <laughs> so like anyways we're dancing to this cock music and yeah we just and but then like slowly through the like the night me and Enu were like we like grew more confident yeah yeah, yeah. you, <laughs> you, you, you grew more comfortable in the situation yeah of course no, like I've, much I've more comfortable that. as we go <laughs> a I lot. Mean, so like beginning like i was already very awkward and we yeah. were like between 23 year olds so it was twice as awkward but i think we got like slowly but surely we got more comfortable yeah and then at a certain point um we started like getting this like this magic potion where we what we bought and this was like the the banger but i never the magic like, double, potion like, like, the double vodka and sprite double vodka and sprite brew so oh, every basic white girl's dream <laughs> the white girl's dream but i'm telling you double vodka and sprite oh we drank that you like you would feel buzzed after <laughs> and you were like fuck yeah bro. 
And this wasn't that late. This was like 5, 6 p.m. And <laughs> we would go home at like... Yeah, we would go home at like 7, ach, not 7, like 10, 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah. And then like... We drank one, like one double vodka and Sprite. And then a second one, and a third one. And like after the third one, we were like, like pretty buzzed. But not like out of our mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were just in a very good mood. Mm. And then at that point, we... Um, I like I told I told N, I was like, bro, I really want a cigarette. I was like, bro, I like, I like I want a cigarette. And at that point, like there were vendors like selling cigarettes for like forty, fifty rand, mm-hmm. and we were like, um, not it's it's not worth it to buy an entire entire pack like yeah 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 because you're not you're not going to be able to finish. No, no, I'm gonna throw it away. Um, and they were like Nicholas. Um, Oh, I just revealed <laughs> <laughs> Everybody Sorry. always does that. It's Sorry, fine. bro. <laughs> okay, we'll but anyways. And, and he's like, uh, um, he's basically like, nah, bro, I'll go, I'll go get you one. I'll organize you an Enchi. I'm like, yeah, go away. <laughs> and, he, and he goes and he's like searching and he asks like two, three guys. And like the third guy is like, he's like, yeah, I got you. And um, I think the first the first cigarette was just a normal cigarette, and the yeah, guy gave yeah. me a cigarette, and he lit it, and it was fine. I was like, yeah, like, and I mean, I don't know if, I mean, this should be probably be a PG show at this point, no, but no, just, it but, really I, who, I mean, who cares? But anyways, like, I felt really buzzed, and it felt like really nice, like have a cigarette mm. and like be kind of buzzed. I mean, it's a really nice buzz, and you're like really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really fun. And I like oh, after like an half an hour, I'm like. Brew, get me another one. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll get you another one, bro. I'm like, yeah, my my boy's gonna get me another one. I'm like, okay. Then he goes, and like, he asks a few people, and this one guy's like, yeah. And he pulls up this bag, like this this Ziploc bag, full of like pre-rolled, homemade rolled cigarettes. And, I mean, I was pretty fucked at this point and very naive. So I was yeah. like, what? I was like, I was like, oh wait, I didn't really ask questions. I mean, yeah, you just took. Just, just for future reference, like anyone listening, do not take anything <laughs> random from a random person at a party, especially where there are people doing drugs like right yeah. next to you. Like, don't like just fucking take a random out of a random bag. I mean, taking no. like a cigarette out of a box. I mean, that's kind yeah, of that, more reliable. You know, you know what don't, you're getting. Don't take it's the not, hand roller shit. Yeah, it's not poison, but I mean, fuck knows what this guy's giving me. And I mean, I think it's a combination of the dodgy thing that I smoke and the the level of drunkenness that I yeah at that certain level that we were. We just kept drinking and drinking and drinking. I think I had like the equivalent of like eight shots of vodka, like through the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like later on, proper me, me and Nicholas, we were just getting fucked. And like at a certain point, at like seven. We just lost each other. Like, we just... <laughs> it's like... It's not even this... Like, a, a big festival. It was, like, probably, like... The equivalent of, like, not even a rugby field. Really. It wasn't, like... It, was, it wasn't even that big. I mean, there were, like, 300 people. So how yeah, hard yeah. is it to lose someone? Somebody. Like, if you lose someone, you find them within 5 to 10 minutes. I mean, we were... We didn't find each other for, like, 2 hours. <laughs> so what, then, what, what the fuck did you do in, like, those 2 hours where you didn't I can't know remember, anybody? I like, I, like, nearly blacked out. I was, like... I was... I was so fucked. But yeah. anyways... Um, and I, I, like, took this... Like, this, this dodgy cigarette. And 
I just remember after that, like I remember after that, which is I just got totally, like, boggled out of my mind. Like I didn't know where I was. People told me I I spoke of things that I don't even remember of. Like they told me of a conversation that I had that I didn't even I like I can't recall the conversation at all. Yeah. So then um. Yes, and I was there, like with all my older cousins, and mm-hmm. it was really like embarrassing. And and I, I remember like a funny part was, I got and funny enough, I went to go get another drink. Like I was already <laughs> so drunk, but I was like, no, <laughs> 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 like I was like in front of the queue. Yeah. And I'm like, there was like this this really song playing. Yeah. I mean, the 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 music was really cock, but I mean, this one song was playing over like, yeah, I was like bobbing my head to the beat of the song when it was kind of building up. And like, as I was, and I still had that dodgy inch in my mouth in the queue. Yeah. And I mean, I started like bobbing my, my head to the, like subconsciously bobbing my head to the beat of the song. Like it's yeah. building up. And my eyes meet with like this hippie 25 year old student guy. And he's also fucked, but he's like, his eyes are like closed. I don't even know what drugs he was on. And he's like, our so eyes you're both just vibing. And, and, we, and, and our, our heads started bobbing simultaneously, like we synchronized. And we're like bobbing like simultaneously. And like, I, I went to him and I like grabbed the children of the shoulders and we were bobbing, bobbing. I like the beat came and we just like went ballistic, bro. And I remember, yo, and then I, I remember after that, I mean, that was so funny. It's just like with this random <laughs> oak. You're just vibing there. You've never yeah, seen bro, it that, that was crazy. I mean, this 25-year-old, I was probably 10 years younger than him at that point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was probably so out of his mind. Like, yeah, we drunk. both were probably. But you and, know what um, I find really interesting is because we were in Cape Town and we got pretty uh, smashed at a club there. And like the club closed down at like 10 because I think we went out on a Sunday for some reason. And we got there, and like the club closed down, but then the people they just sat at like the the um, you know those those tables and chairs pair things we have at school at like the Snoopy, mm-hmm. those plasticky things. So they had a bunch of those yeah. outside, and they brought their own dop, and we just sat with them and we just talked with them, and like I find it so weird how chilled all the people are with like underage drinking actually. Yeah, it's actually it's not not good. Yeah, it's actually it's not actually, good. You should probably say. Yo, and I mean, like, in South Africa, especially, I mean, it's way too easy to get. Alcohol, yeah, no, it's man. extremely it's easy. I mean, you literally it's, it's just way need too to accessible. Grow half a beard, and then you can like, probably not even show. Not ID. even a beard. I, in my entire experience, like my entire high school experience, my my biggest hurdle mm-hmm. to get like these illegal things for my age was my parents that was the biggest hurdle seriously like i mean to get get a cigarette or to get like a vape whatever it's really no struggle at all yeah it's literally your parents are the biggest obstacle you need to exactly because i mean look at the school bathrooms you can't even go take a piss uh, during break because they're too full being clouded up by some idiot saying with a nicotine addiction exactly it's an issue yeah it's a big issue but what are you gonna do? But all right, we we were yeah, really but, in the story. Yeah, I'm I'm nearly legal, so then that won't be a problem. Yeah, I'm legal, so, so anyways, sorry, um, comes. <laughs> so uh, anyways, I remember like after like that, I was standing in the queue, and after like I vibed with that oak, mm-hmm. I went back into the queue. And I remember like at then at that point, I was really fucked. Yeah, like, yeah. My head was spinning. I remember subconsciously the inchy dropped out of my mouth. I remember, like, I reached down to get it out of the grass. Yeah. 
and I like I nearly fell forward. Ooh. So you I was didn't like, have any balance or any control no, like yourself. No, but no balance, no control. No motor skills. No motor skills. I was, I was just out of my mind. And then at that point, we, um, at that point, my they were my cousins and they were realizing that this yeah, is getting this, this yeah, is gonna it's be not a problem. Because uh, they're going to get in trouble because they got yeah. you. Mm. In that and state. then I went to the porter party and like my cousins and all the cousins they were like, yeah, okay, go TC, go Chanda, like okay, <laughs> and I like, went and I, I went and I puked and I'll I'll skip the the gore, mm. but um, anyways, like after that they were giving me water and then they got me bread, but I just kept on like chugging water and ch eating bread and I just puked it back back up again. So I mean, it, well, that was just horrible, yeah. and I I was so nauseous. And the, I was in. I was um. I was um in the car, and um. <laughs> and uh, we were waiting, and um. <laughs> um. He just keeps basically, for someone to basically out at the, the room. car, we we were waiting. Me and uh, um my sister and. Our, our, um, and then basically, I was just, I was so nauseous. Mm -hmm. And what happened then? Like, did... So basically, we were waiting at the car, yeah. and, um, and I remember I was so nauseous, and my uncle was coming, picking up, picking us up. up. I just remember, like, please don't let me throw up in, the, in his car, because... Yeah, because, yes, <laughs> yes, that's not going to be very nice. Um, I was waiting in the car, and in the car, at least I didn't throw up. Okay, but, like, when that, we got that's at fine. Our complex, when we got at the complex, we were like, okay, we need to go to the pool. Mm. And we were like, we told my, my, my sister, told my parents, yeah, we're going to the pool. And then we went to the pool, and we just told that the pool... And then, like, my parents already knew there was something fishy. Yeah, because why, like, why wouldn't you show I was your face? Puking, and I was puking at the pool. Oh, and no. my mom came in, she's like, and she was like, um, and I told her, no, I, I, ate, I ate this dodgy burger. <laughs> oh, and I've she, used and that she bought before. it. Really? She bought it. Yeah, and she was like, oh, shame. And then my dad came, and that's when the cock started. And, like... Just to be personal, my dad's dad was an alcoholic, so my dad's really—he's not not as naive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I came, he came, and he was like, "Landa, he's drunk," and then, like he dragged me home and he put me in bed. <laughs> I just remember the next morning, and then I I don't remember much of the night. Yeah. I just remember waking up at like nine, slept mm -hmm. like twelve hours, and um, I came, I I I, I woke up and. Actually, a funny part was Nicholas was supposed to sleep at my house, that <laughs> but he was there, and I was so sick, and he was just chilling there. And my parents were like, "Hanais to Nicholas." <laughs> he was like, "Okay," and then he walked home alone in the middle of the night. And like, and then the next morning, I was there, and then my dad like woke me up, and he was like, "Go jump in the shower." He, like, was so blunt, just get in the shower. Like, okay, okay. I knew I was in big. Sh I knew yeah, I was in yeah, big yeah, shit. I got in the shower, I came out, he's like, put on clothes. I'm like, okay, I put on clothes. And him and I, without speaking a word, we walked to um, Nicholas's house. And we were mm -hmm. like, he knocked on their door. 
and you like told you like spoke to their parents and they were like they got really fucked up last night and then <laughs> they were like um okay they were like they were like nicholas we drank like the exact same amount but he wasn't nearly as as, as yeah as but, but he did and, he smoke anything of that dodgy thing that you took not at all Ma- maybe that's the thing that like caused exactly you to... that's, that's yeah exactly so and then um basically i um he was like like nicholas got in got, got in trouble for no reason yeah like because he was he went home like pretty much sober enough to hide it yeah yeah, yeah. and then i like went home and then, then I started to get into shit. And then, basically, all of the things, like all of the toys that we have at the sea, and all of the fun things, like my dad mm-hmm. would literally, he took everything, and he was like, he was taking everything. He took my phone, and he took that, and I like, I had the, like this nice tag Hoyer, like yeah, watch, yeah, like a nice and, watch. I mean, this, I this watch one. was his watch. It was his watch which he bought in 2003 and it's really like a cult status watch and when he gave it to me when i turned 15 it was like it was a really big deal to me yeah of course like, nice expensive watch and he took the watch i mean and he took everything like i sat there like literally didn't have a thing like the bed was the most valuable thing that I had. <laughs> and, and yes i remember it was just horrible and like the next morning like he was giving entire house and we're like he literally like my cousins who were staying in the in the complex with us yeah. like they got in, like they got in trouble as well like through my father but like, what everyone happened to was, your like, sister every, like everyone like she, she got in trouble because she because she because she quote unquote condoned it mm. yeah if you understand what i mean yeah yeah, yeah of she, course he was like you were supposed to be responsible and then uh, yes i just remember my dad we're going ape shit and i mean at a certain point my dad just he was like speaking of every single person in the family being responsible for what happened and he just went ape shit and it was just i mean my dad is just, when when it comes to things like that is he's just ruthless yeah absolutely ruthless and i was just i was just so like i got in such big shit but anyways um then our literally our entire household and the entire family didn't speak for like four days like no one spoke to my dad and my dad didn't speak to anyone for like four days and i mean it's just that and i remember he he went through my phone he made me unlock my phone and he went through everything he went through every single thing he went through my um he went through all of my whatsapps and i mean i mean if, if you just if you just think back at like grade nine a lot of cringy shit you send and like a lot of cringy shit and like a lot of dirty jokes i mean and dark humor but i mean i mean this is almost i'm I'm just going to be real with you and i mean it might sound offensive but if a person if you're very like comfortable with your sexuality Mm. it's okay to like to like say something gay or do something gay without like being afraid of that coming over as yeah, gay, if you know what I mean. So like, yeah, yeah, no, no. So like I, I, I would I would chat with, with some of my friends and I would say like I would say like something gay to them. Yeah, like, like, I would, a, like a very manner. gay, very risque. But obviously as a joke. Yeah. Of and course. then he would like he would be like, what the fuck is this? What is this? And I mean he just went through all of my chats. Yeah it's a joke and he just went through everything. And then like like found a video of Snapchat that I took of me like 
smoking a cigarette or whatever. So, and I was just like, yo, it was so so embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I he just took imagine. me my entire family, and he just yeah, that was horrible. I mean, I even like get like, to be honest, I haven't thought about it like as mm. deeply as I like right now than I did like. I've never like thought about it as much because it's kind of like a dark part of my past that I've like yeah, kind of put you. behind me. It's not mm-hmm. even the experience that's that bad because I mean a lot of people, the majority of people, reach a point where they drink too much. And yeah, they, of course, like, and then they're they're like, that's not a really an abnormal thing to yeah, happen. But it's just the consequences I mean, the of what happens exactly, to you. That's the fact that I got in such big trouble and the fact that I got embarrassed. If like yeah, I'm in front of my entire family, it was just yeah. Your entire family horrible. dynamic was almost like put Nearly, off balance. I'm, I'm, I'm t- the entire dynamic was off balance because even my mom, like who agreed that what I did was wrong, was like telling my dad, "You're like, listen, you need to relax. Like you're, you're genuinely like what you're doing right now could could like ruin this family. Like mm. if you if you're so ruthless, it could absolutely yeah, destroy a family." But I mean, how, how did you sort of rebuild that relationship with your father? Because I mean, you guys were on very shaky terms then. And when like, very, I was very last shaky. time at your house, you guys seemed to have a pretty decent relationship. Very, it was a very, very shaky. Um, we were, the relationship was very dodgy at that point. I mean, it could have been like, it, it was very, very borderline to the level where I was like considering to like to run away and mm. things like that like I was really considering to like go to another school like he wanted to move me to, to yeah, like yeah, yeah. Linden he wanted to take me to another school he was like totally like ape shit he was like you're like you're not gonna get a phone I'm gonna give mm. you a Nokia like he was just like and not even jokingly like he was actually <laughs> yeah he was dead serious about it dead serious and then I remember like after four days like I mean four days on a holiday when no one's speaking to each other, that it's kind of a long time to digest. Yeah. So then, after four days, my um, my, basically, my dad and I, we kind of had hot heart. He kind of calmed down, mm. and we kind of spoke about it, and spoke about the entire experience. And then, after he kind of cooled down, he kind of, kind of told me, and he was like, um. It was irresponsible and was that and was that um but he like you said like he also made made many mistakes in his yeah. life and when he was younger and um that one day he'll tell me about then he still hasn't but uh i'm pretty sure it's along the line it's waiting but, to be illegal but, uh, yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> and um and then, uh, yes, and I mean, then we kind of had a heart to heart. And then, like, kind of, we we kind of made a rule, my dad and I, that, mm-hmm. and I mean, it might sound way too personal because the majority of people don't have this close relationship with their with their parents. Yeah. And, I mean, especially with my dad. Yeah. Our relationship grew four times as strong mm-hmm. than it ever was or ever would have been without that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my dad and I, we we kind of had this this policy of like brutal brutal honesty with yeah with like other. i'm and gonna like, tell you when that, you're fucking up you're gonna tell me when i'm fucking up like sort exactly. of exactly like after that exactly and after that my dad and i we i was able to be so comfortable to tell my dad the absolute truth about anything yeah and i mean i really knew he wasn't going to abuse the fact that i gave him the information 
and I mean, it's it's really hard to like to elaborate on the topic, but it's just it's really crazy to. They is kind of. They mean that's the silver lining of the entire. Yeah, of course. Story. You endured something that's really mm. not very comfortable, but I mean, you wouldn't be the person you are today. You wouldn't have Definitely a relationship not. with your father. Definitely if not. Those things didn't happen. Definitely so, not. I mean, I I don't think you regret it. What happened during. That no, vacation. and I mean, I mean to be real, like the majority of people would tell you, like let's be honest, if you think it like of our grade, mm-hmm. like s- at least seventy percent of the people have had a point or where they were at a party or had sleepover where they drank and threw up. Yeah, like, of if course. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the majority yeah. of the people have. Yeah, no, so 100%. that that experience itself, I don't taught you regret. something. No, because, um, I mean, you need to learn your limits somehow. And I'd say rather do it in a controlled environment, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I've learned my limit quite a long time ago. But I've always been sort of cautious when it comes to alcohol and things. Like, I don't enjoy not being in control of a situation. Mm -hmm. So I always go up to the point where I feel, all right, I'm in a good mood. I feel a little bit of a buzz but I'm still able to make conscious decisions that aren't going to exactly. mess up the rest of my life. Exactly. I, after that night, after that night, I'm telling you, I'm in grade 12 now. I was in grade 9. After that, I've never been so unsober that I, that I lost, like, forms of rationality. Yeah, of course, because, I mean, once you lose forms of rationality, you, you don't know what the consequences are going exactly. to be because you don't exactly. actually remember what the hell happened, but you're going to have to live with the consequences because mm. it's still you that did those things. Maybe not sober you, Yeah. but it's still but I mean, you that has yeah, to exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing, like, after that experience, I, I, um, I kind of knew my limit, and then after that, i pretty sure I didn't drink anything for, like, a year after that. <laughs> Sobriety. No, but I yeah. mean, su- such a shocking experience, I would obviously expect that. But I just find it quite interesting that you and your father gained such a like strong relationship from something yeah. that affected you both so much. Because like me and my dad, I mean, we're not the closest folks, but he's very busy. So I don't really have time to spend with him. And he's also not very open as a person. So I don't really know how to get those tidbits of information out of him to like get a very personal connection with him, which is quite weird to me. Yeah, and I mean, um, my dad, when he turned 50, mm-hmm. he retired. Yeah, and oh, that must be He that retired because he, um, like he told us that, like he was such a workaholic that, like he didn't get to t- time to spend any time with with me or with, my, with any of my family. Yeah, or because he, he was in and law, right? Yeah, he was in law, and it was just so, like, so overwhelming that he had no time for us. And then, mm. t- I mean, if I'm honest to you, my dad didn't, I don't really have very fond memories of my dad. From, like... like bef- from, like, before 14. Yeah, from, like, your, your forming years. Exactly, like, from, yeah, like, in those time, I remember, like, what I remember was, like, I mean, this is, I remember, like, when I was, like, eight or nine, mm-hmm. then he would, like come home and they were like at like eight o'clock at night and they're like our entire family would like scare him or like jump scare him <laughs> and he would like come home but he'd be so tired and then like yeah. he'd be gone in the morning before we even woke up so he was just like 
Yeah, it's just crazy. It, it and, then, just... and then he retired and that event in 2017 yeah, yeah. Like, that took place. I mean, that all contributes to... Yeah, it all sort of builds up. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, my dad and I, we... I mean, my dad's still a very, very serious and very, very strict. But I mean, mm. it's still it's still nice to be able yeah, to... Yeah, but it's, it's nice to have an open relationship with a parental mm. figure and being able to tell them sort of anything that's going on in your life because... I've sort of wished for that, but my parents aren't very accepting of like the current high school lifestyle. Like my opinions are a complete Different. 180 to my parents' opinions. Uh-huh. But I've actually found now the more like mature you get as a person, the more you learn to navigate those grounds and have conversations and have your parents respect your opinions. Because me and my mother have got a very strong relationship now. Because, I mean, our opinions are completely different in terms of, like, homosexuality or tattoos or alcohol and all those things. Yeah. It's completely different. But it's really nice to be able to have, like, open conversations about these things and learn from the other person's views. Because I I got a tattoo and for, like, a year I said absolutely nothing about it to them. My father still doesn't know. Oh Lord! Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, it, it's really oh. small and insignificant. It's um, it's like right next to my hip flexor, like just right above uh, my dick. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, people will only see it if I'm getting a blowjob or having sex, which uh, probably isn't going to be for a little while. <laughs> no, but, yeah. So I got that one on the on the August tour. We we were you on the August tour? Yeah, you uh. were. Jeez, yeah. that, that was a that was a crazy experience, man. Yes, that was that was the best month of my life. I, I kid you not. Like I am so disappointed for, or I feel sad for the current grade eleven that they can't go on that mm, thing. Yes, because that thing was life changing. Such a pity. Mm, I mean, the fact that you put a seventeen-year-old in this massive city with his best friends, and you're like in Rio. Like, I mean, it was like nine in the morning. I know. And he was like, "You have to be in Copacabana at eleven tonight." You were like, "What the fuck? I have fourteen hours to, to just do exactly do what I want." What I want. No, it's. I mean, it, that it was, was crazy. So much fun, and I really, I, I, from that tour, I learned that I value being independent. I, I love Like I, the amount of freedom that I had there and the amount of joy that I got from just being able to make my own decisions and not be dependable on other people was so much fun. I have to agree. That was crazy. I mean, I remember when we were in Rio, I mean, you know the favelas? Like yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the favelas. The Cape Flats of Rio. I, I ate a cochina right outside one of those. We were like, we, there was like this bus and in Rio. You pay cash for each bus ride. Mm. You, don't, you don't need a card. And I remember we were like at this mall and we got out of the mall, me and like three other friends. And we were like getting into the bus. And we were like, we just got into a random bus and we were like, Let's see where this bus takes it us. Does. We were like, a part of me was hoping it was taking us to the favelas. <laughs> we were like, oh, we were stranded in the dodgiest spot. Yeah, probably, probably the most. I think the bumped. favelas are like top five dangerous was, places in yeah. the world. Yeah, in the world currently. Uh, it's it's literally like more dangerous than the flat. <laughs> so I I was like hoping like let's, I hope we're stranded in the favelas and then we have to walk home some shit. I mean that would have been cool. Like I mean. That would Obviously have been not. one hell of a story to tell. Yeah, we we got on the bus. Like I kid you not, this bus stops us a block away from our hotel. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Such a bummer. The most yeah, anticlimactic. So, so anticlimactic. Which is why, like, oh fuck it, now we're going to the hotel. Jeez, I love Drio so much because, like, like a block away from our hotel, we found this little shop. And there's this old tunny that's running the place. And they're selling, like, one and a half litre Fantas for, like, 20 rand, if you translate it. So we were like, hell yeah, we go there every single day for lunch. We went there for Gashinas. The first time you eat a Gashina, you're going to shit like crazy. But the second time, it's delicious. <laughs> Do you remember those coconuts? Yeah, I remember the coconuts. You remember thing. the stomach ache they gave you? <laughs> I never had one of the coconuts, but everybody else always complained that... It was so was funny, because, like, the first day in Rio, everyone was like, fuck it, we're getting coconuts. I'm like a group of like 40 people get coconuts like really cheap it's like 10 rand or whatever yeah like it's 10 rand but it's like an entire coconut is at least like 700 moles of like this juice so it's like such a good buy and we're like you chug the entire thing and they're like everyone had like a simultaneous <laughs> stomach ache they were like like fuck my stomach the last <laughs> kind of night like eating too many grapes dude, so how far did we walk the last night we walked like 11 k's at like 12 at yeah, night back crazy. to our hotel that was very, that was very because very we hectic. went to what was the beach it wasn't it wasn't Epanema. it was uh shit what was the beach now oh shit i it can't remember yeah it was copacabana at like the far end of copacabana and uh, we just sat there and like chilled until about 12 and then the teachers were like alright now we, we've got to go back to our hotel and at 12 at night a hundred and five no we were we were on the head a hundred right yeah a hundred kids and four teachers walking through the streets of rio back to our hotel it was a crazy experience oh that was I super mean, far but i mean that was magical yeah because the amount of like deep conversations i had and the amount of friends i made with people i never thought mm. i'd actually be friends with yeah like i mean that i, I that had a story in I loved Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, I think if I could stay anywhere, I'd probably stay in Buenos Aires. I must meet, that was I agree. such a nice city. But uh, we were staying in this really, really dodgy as um, hotel or hostel, rather. And there was a ceiling fan in our room. We were like 10 boys in the room. And it's like usually the geek squad, you could call them. Because, you, you know, um, Neil B and Daru and all those mm -hmm. guys. And like usually I wouldn't, really consider myself to be sort of aligned with them but we found this random pill with a random ball of socks we had no idea whose socks it was and there was a ceiling fan so we decided you know what fuck it we're gonna blow truth a day so you, what you do is you chuck the sock into the ceiling fan and it just spits it out in somebody's direction then you ask that person a question now because we are the the nerds or the geek bunch we decide okay we're not going to do a day we're just going to do truth and like the amount of things I learned about these people and the, like the amount of int intimacy that I got from them was insane. You could never, ever actually get that somewhere else. Yeah, I really, really enjoy the like the intellectual conversations I love rather it. than like these mindless, mindless like <sighs> cockbrot. I know. My current like WhatsApp group that I'm on is really irritating the fuck out of me. Because the only thing they can ever do is, like, tune other people. Like, somebody will put yeah. something on their story and they'll just say, Oh, look at this simp. If I hear the word simp one more yes. time, I'm going to lose yes. my <laughs> shit. I mean, the entire term... It's been so I mean, blown have you out ever, of the water. Have you ever met someone who calls someone else a simp, but that person actually, like... 
is the having actual any having any actual fucking game, having any chance with the ladies. Exactly. Every every person that I know who calls other people simps is this absolute like fucking virgin. Yeah, like, I no know. Joke. Incels, fucking incels. Never kissed a girl in their life. Like simp, simp. Look at this simp. They're just jealous. That's all that it is. You told me actually you. You wanted to talk about that weird fling thing you had and how emotionless that made you feel because I mean you have had experience. I remember on the yeah. uh, it was it was on the August tour, right? Mm. Oof, that was <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. You were quite quite talked about, quite a lot. Quite active. Mm. <laughs> quite active. I. Yeah. That's the other thing I realized because me with my current girlfriend back then on the August tour, like the amount of freedom we had, I really abused it. And I feel like that's the only thing I regret is like how far I pushed the relationship sexually, because that was basically the only thing that like broke us up is me wanting too much from her. Mm, I mean, I mean, I, I could elaborate and I actually don't want to elaborate too much, but I'll kind of give you like a lowdown. Okay. Of how I felt it kind of applies to what you discussed in the previous podcast mm. but basically what I believe is that I mean premarital like um, sex or whatever I mean all of those things are like subjective and you yeah, can choose whether you want it or not but all that I can say is that um, like pushing pushing your, your physicality with a relationship especially if it doesn't mean anything i mean i was mm. at this point and i was with this girl and i genuinely knew that i knew like the three months that we had a thing mm. i knew like through the entire thing i knew i had no feelings for this girl yeah absolute no feeling like just the sexual and part of it exactly and i really i mean it sounds horrible but i mean i was with this girl for like three months had no no feelings for her yeah but i mean i mean she's quite attractive and yada yada but i mean but i remember it was just so wild and she was like just so keen that it was like kind of i couldn't turn it down like no, your average I mean, it, boy it's, it's so attractive turn it down. To, to have like a girl be open about her like sexual desires and just say exactly i want to do this it's so attractive for us guys that we'd like sure let's let, let's do it and then it happens and then you sort of feel bad about it but like <laughs> i don't know you know i wish afrikaans girls were more open to like experience their sexual desires because they almost suppress yeah. them a lot of them i found just suppress them because it's so like taboo in our culture yeah it's it's unfair it's, it is unfair because it's not i mean the society doesn't allow allow like that to be openly spoken yeah about. but i i don't understand especially like why. in our, in our but especially in our culture yeah because uh, i i don't know uh, most people listening to this will probably be familiar with the afrikaans culture but it's very backward-minded still to this day like um it's a very very religious based and so a lot of people take those religions uh beliefs very seriously which i don't blame them i just don't think blind fanaticism is necessarily the answer to like all of the questions to life i think you need to be able to interpret those for yourself i agree 
And so it's almost so taboo to just say, you know what, I am a sexual being. I have sexual desires that I want to experience. What is so wrong about that? So why does, when somebody opens up about their sexual desires, do they get almost, I don't want to say cancelled, but they get really judged for it. But I mean, not even for like anything regarding regarding sex or sexuality. Yeah, I mean... Like, I, mean, I can I can guarantee you there are many many parents who still who still don't condone like having a gay child. Yeah, I, I'm hundred percent like, sure. They would take sure them to church. They were like, they I were, think mine, like, bless my, him. If if I told my parents I were gay, I don't think they would accept that right now. I think given time, they would probably learn it. My mom said she would probably be accepting. She would just feel disappointed as if she failed me as a human. Which I found that statement very interesting. Like. How is it that just because because of something in my genetic code, basically, you feel as if you're disappointed? Okay, it's not just genetic code, but it's also circumstances. But I think a huge part of it is just how you are wired up as a human being. Yeah, it's uh, it's but it's a uh, it's quite a bummer that uh, that many people still feel that way. Mm. I mean, I mean, like my my dad like always tells that story like when he was a child his mom wouldn't ever let him help cook or do dishes because she was afraid he would become gay <laughs> seriously like, I mean, that was that was in the 70s and in the 80s i mean and that's what, what my dad grew up with he grew yeah. up with that and um but what sort of mentality should does he... he have now exactly but and my parents are like very very open they're very okay. open to those kind of things. Yeah. At a very early age, very, very early age, I remember I was like eight or something. Hmm. And I remember my parents told us, they were like, listen, if you are gay, like not, not that they were suspicious. Yeah, but, like, of course. They, told but they, they if just you wanted are gay, to have an open discussion. We love you just as much. Yeah. See, I never got that with my parents, but I mean, I knew they'd always love me. I, I don't like regret anything about how they raised me. But it's just weird how stigmatized that part is. Because I'm, I think, uh, you know uh, Liam the Long Jumper, right? And he, mm-hmm. our sexuality is very much aligned. We're both heterosexual, so we're attracted to the opposite sex. But we're biromantic, so I can sort of, I find some guys really fucking attractive. I'd say, holy shit, that is like the hottest person I've ever seen in my life. But I'm not sexually attracted mm. to them. But I think even that is frowned upon. Just like saying, that is a really attractive man. That doesn't necessarily make me gay. It just means I find him attractive. But I mean, that, uh, that's, it, it's, a, it's a setback in our culture and it's a setback in our country. Mm. Sadly. It's, I, it, I, it is a setback because we are more behind than, than like yeah. the States. But I mean, we, we have been put at a significant disadvantage because of apartheid because i mm-hmm. mean literally our entire history has basically just been oppression which i really want south africa to escape from and that's now coming from both sides i think white and black color it doesn't matter i think we should stop seeing teams in the world we should stop seeing it as us versus them it should just be we as humanity versus the problem yeah. by the way did you see that that video of the the guy in America that yeah, died. Yeah, <sighs> it's mean, horrible, eh? It's disgusting. 
to like see yes. that. How do you not realize? Listen, yeah, I, I watched the, Did you watch the entire video? I haven't watched the entire thing. I I'm, watched the entire video. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Don't watch it. No, I, I mean, I don't really have the intention to. But I mean, I, I, I can get behind the message. Like we need to stand don't, up don't watch for it. minorities. This guy literally is pushing down his neck and he's like saying, "I can't breathe. I can't that. I can't that. I got my neck's hurting." And then he passes out. Then he's like unconscious. And then we're like, all these people are like screaming at the cop. They're like, feel his pulse, feel his pulse. And they won't. And then the one cop is like, he was on crack. So he probably OD'd. Oh, fuck. The, the stigmas, once again, like, oh. th there's a difference between a stereotype and like, just judging somebody based off uh, something that they not necessarily can control. Like, being black or being white or something stereotypes you can use to make fun of something like for satire because we did a, a drama project where we uh, um, we had to sell a board game but it had to be very um, what's the word I'm looking for yeah it had to be sort of offensive but funny so I chose white privilege and I mean, a lot of people in South Africa, I, I'm going to say suffer from white privilege because it's not it's not a bad thing. But I mean, we're pretty entitled white kids, if we're yeah. being honest with ourselves. And like, I joked about how white people feel oppressed in their own country because people, oh, you white privilege, you're such privilege here. And they said, do you want to feel better about yourself? Well, come buy colonialism, the board game. And then... There was this joke about it, and I'm scared that people are going to take that literally, but it's supposed to sort of deliver commentary on how ridiculous, like, slavery and colonialism was. So I think we should use stereotypes to say, listen here, this shit's ridiculous. How How is this an accurate representation of reality? And use that... That's kind of, of the point. Hmm, but people misinterpret yeah, That's kind that. of the point of satire. Kind mm. of the point of satire is to to make political comments through humor. Yeah, but have you that's seen some, have you seen like Jojo Rabbit? Rabbit. It brilliantly. Yeah, of course. Have you seen Jojo Rabbits? No. Okay, but there's this scene where they say Heil Hitler like thirty times in like the span of three yeah. minutes. Like Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. And um, uh, okay. And people got so being offended about how can you say Heil Hitler so many times? How can you almost condone this Nazist behavior? And it's exactly the opposite. It's showing how ridiculous that system was of you need to say some idiot's name who is basically a megalomaniac? Uh, What's the word? Megalomaniac murderer causing genocide and you're hailing that person as your savior. How, how ridiculous is that so i think i mean if, if we only if we discuss stereotypes i mean you know the stereotype that a lot of doctors are muslims and jews <laughs> yeah like that the, the 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 stereotype is true like it's true to a certain degree and i mean i'm gonna share a funny story okay but you know those those um that clip of like that movie with hitler where he like speaks and he like mm -hmm. He cocks out like um, all of his stuff, and yeah. then it's usually dubbed with like other subtitles, like telling him, "You know that? You know what I'm talking about?" Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, my my mom's a radiologist as a doctor, and radiologists they basically like scan, like they do the scanning and, they, and mm. analyze 
like the x-rays and whatever and then my mom sent this thing to her mammogram group like full of muslims and jews <laughs> like she sent to a group this thing of hitler but he's making a joke of how like a joke like a jargon of medical terms mm. so i mean it's obvi- it's funny to them because it's it's joking about radiologists yeah, yeah yeah and the the practice and she sent it and they're like this one guy phoned him. He's like, "This is so offensive. You can't send jokes about Hitler." I'm like, "It's actually, it has actually nothing to do with the fact that it's Hitler." Yeah, it's literally just the fact that there's something funny and relatable. Because I mean, people are so like closed-minded to just having conversations about sensitive subjects. Everybody just believes that they're right. My opinion is the only opinion that counts. So I don't even want to talk to you. But I think we should, I think people should just be more open to have conversations. Even if you just agree to disagree, that's fine. You at least gain some insight into how other people think, and you'll be able to like act accordingly. I mean, that's what you said. You said that earlier, like when you when you spoke. You're like, um, I think in one of your previous podcasts, you just said that you can speak, and you don't need to agree with the person you're having a podcast with. You don't need to. You just have a conversation and gain insights of mm. different opinions. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've always been very interested in. It's just like gaining perspectives from other people. I mean, I really want to get like people from completely different circumstances for me, like a kid from the townships. I want to talk to him, hear how he feels about life. Let's get... So, because, I mean, most of my friends are white Christian male not necessarily male but just white christian people from the same private high school that i'm from so i've i've had limited exposure but i really want to like broaden my exposure that's why i'm so excited for university because i'm going to get to do with so much more like cultures and people from different perspectives of life which i can like gain insight from yeah i agree no it's it's it would be much better like if you I mean, not necessarily liberal or radical. Mm. Just like getting exposure to, to like I mean, I mean something like LA, like Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean that just seems very, very pretentious in general. But I mean, it would still be very fun to like yeah, because there's gain so insight of, of their opinions. Yeah, there's so many different people in like that one place. But I mean, South Africa is also like that because I mean we've got, I think we've got sort of the most diverse and unequal uh lifestyle definitely because i mean we've got people that are multi-millionaires in dollars living it up in clifton and then we've got people who literally can't feed their families it's crazy it's insane how um, unequal it is yeah i mean there's like that, that time magazine like photo where i like literally like a township on the one side and suburbs on the other a mansion on the other oh. and they were like the most unequal country in the world no but i think we genuinely are i mean even if you look at our economics literally there's so little people paying tax but it's just the privilege that can actually pay the tax that's why it's such a small percentage because there's such a small mm. percentage of wealth gathered in like one localized group so i think we should probably try and spread that wealth to other people but I, I mean, I, I, yeah. But I, the other thing that you said about um, that South Africa itself is very diverse, and you don't need to go to LA to like 
to experience that diversity. Mm. I mean, that's very true. But also, like, there's still a lot of segregation in our yeah. country. Like, a lot. Like, like, I mean... I can't freely walk through the streets of Johannesburg without getting stabbed or mugged. No, and I mean, this is, the segregation is just uncanny because, I mean, my we have friends in Bloom mm. and their cousin, yeah, a girl, married a black guy. Yeah. And they all boycotted the wedding. Oh, yeah, fuck, man. Well, that's, they boycotted the, the wedding. They're, they're in the free state. What did you expect? I like, what? But I mean, like, it's 2020 20. and you boycotting, boycotting an interracial marriage. I mean, just be accepting of your fellow human. I think the world would be so much better. I mean, they're going to have a cute little colored baby. Yeah. I mean, why? How can you... I mean, How could that piss you off? Colored people are like the most attractive people on earth because they've got yeah, the best so sides hot. of both worlds. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you look at history, like black people are more athletic than white people. It's just a fact. Yeah. I'm sorry if anybody wants to disagree with me, but look at all the top sprinters, all the best long jumpers, whatnot, whatnot. All the best athletes are black. Yeah, it's a physiology. It's a physiology thing. So, like, you're getting the best of both worlds here. I, I don't see what, <laughs> what, what the problem is. But, yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, it's... No, this, the, it's, it's they, ridiculous in South Africa, I think. But a lot of places, I mean, again, to the video you talked about in America, Black Lives Matter, and it's a white cop doing that. So, obviously, he's got a certain stigma in his head about what this man he's currently arresting... Well, I don't detaining. I think would be a better word. Like I, I, I'm to be honest, I'm not really a fan of saying like of calling myself like anything like regarding equality, inequality, like saying Black Lives Matter. I would never say Black Lives Matter. I would rather say All Lives Matter. Yeah. But I say that and I believe in that. But then I see a video like that, and every every few months there surfaces a video yeah, of a white cop just being being like oppressing to to a black person like yeah. unnecessarily Latency I mean, that was clearly a racial thing of course so yeah as you said all lives should matter it shouldn't necessarily be just black lives matter and it shouldn't necessarily be like any one specific it should just be life matters you, you know what's something that pisses me off right so do you know of no name she's like a a black uh, rapper from LA, I think. But uh, she got really pissed off that her fan base was largely made of like white individuals. And I was just so cheesed off at that. Like, why are you mad that the audience you didn't intend your music listening for are listening to you? But alright, Alex just. Uh, went a little haywire with his connection, we're trying to get him back, but if we can't, then I think that would probably be a good place to end the podcast, because we have been going on for quite a while. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you for listening, hope you gained some insight, and I really hope you enjoy it. We'll see you all at the next free weekend. Cheers.